Welcome back to another show with me, James, your host. Today I'll be looking at weight loss myths, particularly those around fat makes you fat, carbs make you fat, all calories are equal, eat less, move more, and I'll be addressing weight loss versus fat loss and the difference between both. Let's go. Welcome back everyone to another show. Like I said in the intro, I'm going to start off by addressing some of the biggest myths around weight loss. And again, it depends on where you consume a lot of your information from. We'll assume that most of it is from online, either through social networks or through Dr. Google. But I'm going to address probably 12 of what I've found to be the biggest myths or the biggest interpretation people tend to have around weight loss. Okay, so number one I am going to look at is the myth that all calories are equal. Basically, a calorie is a measurement of energy. So all calories actually have the same energy content. However, this doesn't mean that all calorie sources have the same effects on your weight. And that's where it gets lost in its interpretation. So like different foods go through different metabolic pathways and can have hugely different effects on hunger, on hormones and certain hormones that would regulate your body weight. So if you were to look at protein, for an exa- um, just as an example to start off with, protein calorie is not the same as fat or a carb calorie. So if you, if you replace carbs and fat with protein, you should know at this stage it can boost your metabolism, it can reduce appetite and cravings also. So all while systematically optimizing the function of some weight regulating hormones. Also calories from whole foods like fruit tend to be much more filling than calories from refined foods such as sugars like your jellies or crisps or chocolate. If you were to look at it in a summary context, not all calorie sources have the same effects on your health. You're going to need to take that into consideration and on your weight. The second one on my list I have here is losing weight is a linear process. And this is something that I try to explain to a lot of my clients. Also, people think or have these perceptions from certain television programs where they assume that they start exercising a little bit more regularly. They change up their diet and over a period, maybe set themselves unrealistic goals, say maybe in 12 weeks time, they'll see a program where someone's lost six, seven pounds in a week. They'll do the maths and think that they're going to lose vast amounts of weight in a particular short period of time and that it's all going to be a linear process. So if we look at that concept, some days and weeks you may lose weight, while others you may gain a little bit of weight. It's really not a big cause for concern. It's normal for the body weight to fluctuate up and down by a few pounds. Okay, that needs to be put out there very, very quickly, particularly to anybody looking to lose weight and thinking that that's going to be a quick process. 
you know, just to give a quick example on it, you may be carrying more food in your digestive system, holding on to wa uh, more water than usual over a particular period of week or even a day. This is even more pronounced, obviously, for women, as water weight can fluctuate significantly during menstrual cycle also. As long as the general trend is going downwards, no matter how much it fluctuates, you will still succeed in losing weight over the long term. So you just need to be patient. Number three on my list is supplements can help you lose weight. As we all know, we might be familiar with anyone that's tried to lose weight before. The weight loss supplement industry is massive and there's no shortage of magic pills or potions out there that are promising you the sun, the moon and the stars. But there are various companies that will, you know, promise you this and have dramatic effects. But there's very, very few that are effective when it comes to clinical studies. So a lot of this for the main reason the supplements work for some people. Generally, it's the placebo effect. People fall for certain marketing tactics and want the supplements to help them lose weight so they become more conscious actually of what they're eating and how much exercising they're actually doing on a daily basis, creating this placebo effect and they're associating that with this supplement. But however, there are a couple of supplements that have modest effect on weight loss and these have been shown in certain studies, but again, most of them are only single studies and trials that have not been tested over extended periods of time. Look at number four on my list, it's obesity is about willpower, not biology. So it's inaccurate to say that your weight is all about willpower. We need to take into consideration, particularly as a PT, obviously, obesity is a very complex disorder with dozens of contributing factors. And I think a lot of people just have this association with it's obviously someone's having a serious lack of willpower and consuming food at will. It is a very complex disorder and there can be hundreds of different, you know, contributing factors to a person becoming obese. And this is why it's very, very important, particularly for PTs and for clients and for people to lose weight to have that open relationship where you can communicate, you know, in confidence with your PT to be able to tell them exactly how you've arrived at this position and what needs to be addressed because it gives a better picture for your PT to actually help you through this whole process. All right. So if we look at it in a little bit more in depth, your body has numerous hormones and biological pathways that are supposed to regulate body weight. These tend to, you know, to be dysfunctional in people with obesity, making it much harder to lose weight and to keep it off as well. So there's numerous genetic variables with obesity. There's various medical conditions, thyroidism, um, uh, depression can also and can increase the risk of weight gain as well. People turn to, to comfort eating. Of course, this doesn't mean that people should give up and accept their genetic fate. Losing weight is still possible, obviously. It's just much harder 
and it's going to take a little bit longer so you need to be more patient when we look at obesity it's a very complex disorder there are many genetic biological environmental factors that affect body weight as such losing weight is not just about willpower number five on my list i have eat less move more we've often heard that banded about online particularly through social media when we address that and we try to tie that with body fat body fat we know is stored energy so to lose body fat you need to burn more calories than you take in for this reason it seems logical that eating less and moving more wouldn't cause weight loss while in theory this work in theory like this bit of advice would work especially if you're willing to make a permanent lifestyle change it's you know it, it can be a bad recommendation for those with serious weight problems most people who follow this kind of advice end up regaining any of the weight loss due to physiological or biomechanical um, factors because we haven't taken into account and this is again true poor practice both from the PT and from the client also if a major and sustained change in perspective and behavior is needed to lose weight with diet and exercise restricting your food intake and getting more physical activity just isn't going to be enough so instructing someone that is obese to simply eat less and move more is like telling someone with depression to cheer up or someone with alcoholism just to to drink less okay it's it's just words of advice that are not going to be taken into consideration or followed to the letter of the law okay just to summarize that one telling people we have problems just to eat less move more is going to be very ineffective advice and especially if we're looking to the long term the sixth myth on my list is carbs make you fat i'm sure you've all heard that one before low carb diets can aid weight loss that is a fact however many cases this happens even without conscious calorie restriction all right that's very very important to link those two as long as you keep carb intake low and protein intake high you will lose weight another beauty number seven on our list is fat makes you fat fat actually provides around nine calories per gram compared to four calories for carbs and four calories for protein fat is very calorie dense and obviously commonplace in junk foods as long as your calorie intake is within a healthy range fat does not make you fat just like we discussed on number six about carbs additionally diets that are high in fat but low in carbs have been shown to cause weight loss okay so it's not to be avoided while packing your diet with unhealthy high calorie junk foods laden with fat will definitely make you fat this macro is not the sole culprit like I pointed out above it's the overconsumption leading to excess calories that is going to pack on the pounds number eight on my list is eating breakfast is necessary to lose weight looking at some studies again it shows that breakfast skippers tend to weigh more than actual breakfast eaters however 
this is probably because people who eat breakfast are more likely to have other healthy eating habits. So it's not just solely down to the fact that they've consumed a certain amount of calories or a certain macro split. It's also a myth that breakfast boosts metabolism and that eating multiple small meals takes you, sorry, makes you burn more calories throughout the day. It's best to eat when you're hungry and stop simply when you're full. Eat breakfast if you want to, but don't expect it to have a major effect on your weight. Number nine on my list, I have fast food is always fattening. I'm sure this will be music to some people's ears. Not all fast food is unhealthy. Surrounded by people's increased health consciousness, there has been a big shift over the last couple of years where certain fast food chains have started to offer healthier options. Salads and stuff starting to appear in fast food restaurants although some of them calorie content can be questionable for sure. It's possible to get something relatively healthy at most restaurants, even some of the cheaper ones. Restaurants often offer healthy alternatives alongside what you would, would have been their, their main offerings. I agree that some of these foods may not satisfy the demands of particularly anybody that's very health conscious, but they're still you know, a decent choice if you have the time or energy, if you don't have the time or energy to sit down and prepare a healthy meal. So they would be a good substitute or on the occasion that you might be out of an evening, it's always nice to have a health conscious option to choose from. Number 10 on my list is weight loss diets work. Again, obviously being part of the industry, a small cog in the industry, the weight loss industry obviously wants you to believe that diets work. And if in doing a bit of research for this show, if I was to look at some of the, I was able to pull up some of the studies that read that most of them would say that dieting rarely works in the long term. It can, can be a short term fix for, for most. Some of them come back with 85% of dieters end up gaining back most of the weight within a year. Because people are only looking for that short-term fix, they're not conscious about making a long-term lifestyle change. It's, okay, I want to lose weight for a wedding. I want to lose weight for a holiday, certain events. And you can see this rebound effect start to happen immediately preceding that event instead of making a conscious healthy lifestyle change as opposed to a, a quick fix diet the truth is that you probably shouldn't approach weight loss with a dieting mindset instead make it a goal to change your lifestyle permanently and become healthier become happier and ultimately a more rounded fitter person so if you were to just manage to increase your activity levels eat healthier and sleep better you should lose weight as a natural side effect and not look to dieting for the long term. That would be my advice. Number 11 on my list, I have people with obesity are unhealthy and thin people are healthy. So just to give a flip reverse on dealing with obesity from earlier, it's true obviously that obesity increases your risk of a number of different chronic illnesses, likes of type 2 diabetes, heart disease, even some cancers, 
but there's plenty of people with obesity that are metabolically healthy and plenty of thin people that have the same chronic diseases. It doesn't really, it seems to matter where your fat builds up. If you have a lot of fat in your abdominal area, you're at greater risk of metabolic disease. So while obesity is linked to several chronic diseases, such as type 2 diabetes, however, many people with obesity, like I said, are metabolically healthy, while many thin people may not be. So it's important to draw and contrast on the differences with obesity being unhealthy and thin people being healthy. There certainly can be thin people that can be very unhealthy. Okay, finally on my list, number 12 here, I have diet foods can help you lose weight. Obviously, a lot of junk food on the market is cleverly marketed as being healthy. You know, you can have eye-catching slogans or eye-catching labeling the way food is marketed likes of say low fat fat free gluten-free products you know all just to disguise something else that's possibly contained within the food product or the drink for example hiding high sugar you should really be skeptical of any health claims on food packaging, especially on processed items. You know, the labels are there to, to deceive you, not to give you an informed choice. It's more so if people need to increase protein in their diet, if they see protein, they will go for it. People are lacking in energy, they will see energy. They're not concerned about what is actually contained within the product. They just need that energy fix, they need a pick-me-up, they need to get more protein in their diet, they need to eat less fat, so they're going for the low-fat option or fat-free, just because it's been marketed cleverly towards them. So when you look at these salespeople and how to market them, oftentimes the products are marketed as diet foods, but they're actually disguised cleverly junk food. And they're really going to be heavily processed and may, you know, there may be certain hidden ingredients that can actually contribute to weight gain in the long term if the products can consumed too much. So looking back over those 12 different myths that we've addressed, if you're looking to try and lose weight, you may have heard a lot of those myths, probably even more so. Some of them might be new to you. You may have even believed some of them in the past and they're hard to avoid, particularly online. I definitely would come across them daily myself. Notably, most of these myths are false. Okay, so instead of the relationship between food, your body and your weight being something that's very, very simple, it's obviously a very, very, very complex process. If you're interested in losing weight, try learning about evidence-based changes you can make to your diet and lifestyle. Look for informed information. Don't take it from memes or posts or Dr. Google. Do the research. Look for peer-reviewed studies. That would be the best advice I can give you when it comes to 
making those changes permanent and not looking for those quick fixes. That brings me on nicely to the next topic I'd like to cover today, and that is the difference between weight loss and fat loss. So if we were to look at weight loss, it basically refers to the degree the decrease in your overall body weight from muscle, from water, and from fat losses. If we were to look at just fat loss, this refers to weight loss from fat, and it's more specifically sorry, it's more specific and helpful goal than weight loss. People in particular will just associate weight loss with fat loss, whereas it could be actually muscle or water they're losing. This is why it's very, very silly to just measure the progress of your training or your diet with the scales. Problem being for most, if they're doing it alone or at home, it's very, very difficult to know whether you're losing weight from fat or from muscle. So let's look at the ways in which we can tell whether you're losing fat, because that's important. Like I said earlier, it's common practice to track the weight from simply just using the scales. Again, it can be helpful, but most scales don't differentiate between, you know, between fat loss and muscle loss, which would be a big, big issue for for some. So we have to realize and accept that tracking your weight isn't a reliable way to determine whether you're losing fat or muscle and in what amounts. Conversely, body fat scales can provide a more accurate picture of your body composition by measuring the percentage of fat and muscle you have. So it might be worth investing in uh, body fat scales if you can afford to. You can also use calpers to estimate your body fat percentage. I would advise you not to do this alone. I would add, I would definitely advise you to seek help from a PT in that element of taking caliper measurements because it takes a lot of practice to ensure the accuracy. But with that being said, obviously the biggest focus should be on fat loss and not weight loss. A lot of programs will you know, promise people to help them lose weight quickly and easily. However, you have to realize that a significant amount of the weight may actually include water and some muscle loss also. That's why a lot of these programs you'll see on TV where people are losing six, seven, even double figures, 10, 12 pounds in a week. That is not all fat loss. It's probably a combination of all three, realistically, more so with the higher end being water in particular. If we're going to be losing muscle mass, this can be hugely detrimental as, you know, muscle is a big component of our overall health also. So if, again, it's important, like I said, just to maintain a healthy percentage of Muscle, huge benefits obviously maintain our, our muscle mass, such as regulating healthy blood sugar levels, maintaining healthy fat levels, glycerides, cholesterol in the blood and controlling inflammation. The more muscle mass you have, the more calories you burn, particularly at rest. It's the main reason why men in particular have higher calorie needs than women. So if we look at that from a different perspective, losing weight in the form of muscle can de decrease the number of calories you burn at rest, making it easier to regain the weight 
you lost in the form of fat. So just to reiterate, emphasizing fat loss rather than weight loss can decrease the risk of several chronic diseases, help reduce risk of age-related muscle loss and reduce fat regain. So it's a win-win. I really hope you enjoyed today's show, especially around weight loss myths and the difference between weight loss and fat loss. As always, if you'd like to get in touch, you'll get me on Instagram and Facebook. And don't forget to like and subscribe to the show. Thank you.